Welcome to the Francisca Show podcast on JewishCoffeeHouse.com, the show where I give a voice to Jewish issues, topics, and people. I'm Francisca Frady, your host. Today is a mini episode because our guests in Israel do not have so much time at once, especially on short notice, given that they are running in and out of bomb shelters, taking care of immediate needs that have to be attended to given the situation we're in. So I prepared a mini speech of my own that I'd like to share. Feel free to skip it if you do not want to hear it. These are my thoughts as an American Jew, as the chutznik Jew, and experiencing this on this side of the world. 24 hours ago, I didn't know what I was going to release. My scheduled guest in Israel had to cancel because of a volunteer job she had to do for the soldiers. So I started looking for new guests and exploring different angles to address on the episode. I really couldn't plan anything last week because I was just a mess. Also, things were changing drastically day by day. They still are. Let me take you through the week. Monday, after our Chag, the world was still in shock, and people started putting up Israeli flags on their platforms. My feed was full of names and photos of the murdered, kidnapped, and fallen. It was a dark and heavy day. Tuesday, I noticed a shift in how the Israeli were differentiating in how they feel. Of course, while witnessing world record unity in our nation, unconditional support, drives, chalabiks, Tehillim groups, online funds being raised, wrong-colored vests being sent, suitcases being stopped in customs in Israel. People wanted to do, be proactive, just so we can live with ourselves. Food, meals. We all heard about the guy who paid for 250 Israeli men who were going back to Israel to fight. Hasidish boys making tzitzis for the soldiers. You name it. We saw a lot of positive memes and videos, stories being sent around, cheering us on, uniting us all. The Israelis were getting ready for war, trying to uplift each other. There was a lot of forced and genuine positivity, unity. So many tears. Here's the split. Because in the meantime, and I think it was Tuesday, I started to see more pro-Palestine activity, rallies, posts, comments, videos, you name it. That night, I went live with a harsh speech calling out anyone who's silent, calling them worse than a Nazi. The next day, the online climate started to shift. I started to notice more of the non-Jewish friends and colleagues reaching out, posting, even if they were staying politically correct, at least they were not being silent. So I took my live video down. Instead, I replaced it with a new one, inviting ourselves, the Jews, to bring the conversation up with the non-Jews around us as an opportunity for them to show support. As the cousin of mine, Dini Rosenbaum, said, don't you want to know what the people around you actually think? What their beliefs are, narratives, and morals? There was criticism to the Chutznikim. Not by all, obviously, but I got that feeling that we shouldn't engage or talk about the conflict. It's not the time. It's too soon. But a few days later, I did notice more Israelis and some Israeli soldiers calling on the Chutznikim to fight the PR war, to represent the truth, and to be louder than these crazy people. That this is our job. That's how we can participate. And I call them crazy people who show up to these rallies and say all these things online. 
Because if they were at the Nova Festival, they would have been butchered too. Wednesday, more initiatives, more Tehillim, more online hate and anti-Semitism. The Chutznikim feeling it at work, in public spaces, scary feelings, vulnerability, threat, doing, trying to process, understanding the limit of what can be done. I wrote a song that will hopefully be ready soon, and I'll get women singing on it together, a unity project. Thursday, I was silent. Friday, I had to archive all my chats just so I can get the food ready for Shabbos. Shabbos was actually the most needed cutoff from the loudest week online. It felt like a shed of hope, knowing so many people were lighting an extra candle, lighting a few minutes early, and all the other mitzvahs people took upon themselves. I know some of you want to be distracted from the war. Some of you just want to judge and hate me for not being in Israel and still having all my feelings of fear and hurt. Some of you are inspired to take on extra spiritual activities while others are angry at Hashem and need space to grieve. I don't know what it's like for the people in Israel other than what I'm reading and hearing, and it sounds inspiring and awful at the same time. Yay, that you cooked 500 meals for soldiers, but what about the Israeli economy that may be collapsing because half of the workforce is missing? Yay, that you are alive but you're spending half of the day hiding in bomb shelters. Yay, that so many are uniting and showing up to funerals and shivas, people they don't know. But oh my God, the amount of fresh graves in every cemetery. So much death. And this could go on and on. Today's mini-episode will show you a beautiful and important initiative that's taking place in Israel, in the Haredi sector. I'm hoping to be able to provide content that satisfies the reason you clicked play today. I'm sorry in advance if this turns you off. I feel guilty that we as Chutznikim are going about our daily life in whatever way we can. Yes, I feel guilty. I feel guilty that my sister doesn't have school for her kids while I do. I feel guilty that others sent their husbands off to fight while I have mine by my side. I feel guilty that I don't feel the shock anymore. I'm disappointed in myself that I'm not crying like I did last week. But I'm pushing myself to take one step at a time. Open my eyes, find a need where I can help and try to fill it. That's all we can do, one day at a time. Welcome to the show, Dr. Nechomi Yafe from Yerushalayim. Welcome to the show, Dr. Nechomi. Hi, thank you for pushing me. I'm happy to be here. It is like, you know, horrible uh, times, but I'm happy to be with you. Well, thank you for joining us. We know you are in a war zone, so really appreciated. I would like for people to know a little bit about you. So in a few short words, can you tell us a little bit about your religious background and your professional background? Okay, so I grew up and I'm still a Hasidic woman. Uh, we are close to uh, Bells and I grew up as a Bisiakov girl and I was a teacher for many years in the high school system. And some, some events kind of led me to the academia. I really, you know, I really liked it and I, I felt like I should be part of it. And I am a professor at Tel Aviv University. I had a whole trajectory and I'm moving from a basic teacher to Tel Aviv, being a professor at Tel Aviv University. I'm today in the public policy school and my research is really political psychology. 
which is understanding the power relationship between group and within groups and understanding groups dynamics. So it's not just power, just how people think, feel, comprehend reality in a way that is associated to their social identity. So how social identity really curve our understanding of the world and our relationship with the world. And yes, that means I'm studying the Haredi community in Israel and the United States. I did my postdoc at Princeton University, and there I had a chance to study the Haredi community in America with uh, an emphasis on the Hasidic community. Very unique research. So my mother warned me not to get distracted by all the other fascinating things that you do. <laughs> and maybe we'll have you back on to talk about the research you've done and the things you have learned. I am very interested, especially because there's not so much research done in the Hasidic sect. Okay, talk to me about the initiatives that you, together with Faini, have started with Tatya and Kikar Shabbat to involve Haredim actively and in an organized way to get them involved in supporting the war, supporting everyone affected by the war. Okay, so actually in Motzeh Shabbos, which was the Motzeh Chag, 10 minutes after the Chag was over, I called up some friends, some women, that we have done in the past some initiative. And given I'm a researcher and I have like a database and I know how to organize data, I told them, listen, I think there will be a great will in the Haredi community to participate and to volunteer. And I think we should organize it. And given we had the background, like Faini Sukenik, you know, is constantly doing stuff, and some other friends, we should be offering an opportunity to the Haredi community to collaborate. So we participate as Tatya, as this research organization that is really concerned. And, uh, you know, think, think in Dutang that is asking some big questions of how and what should the Haredi community do once they are... Uh, bigger proportion of the state of Israel. And we thought this is a time that we actually need to, to, to be active. We participated with Kikar Shabbat, which is the largest news web in the Haredi community, to have a media a way to recruit people and to also broadcast to people what's actually going on. And we established this, actually, what is now the biggest Hamal, which is a, you know a war room that is classifying and channeling Haredi volunteering. And what I would like maybe to address specifically is this amazing initiative that Faini is leading, which has to do with the funerals and the shivas and how we are standing by the lives, you know, standing by those families who lost their relative, making sure they have a decent levaya, enough people coming, enough people participating and showing up. And in the Shiva, people are coming, people, there is food, there is someone who's taking care of them and someone who actually sees them. So there are thousands of volunteers from the Haredi community who are just showing up. They are enlisting and registering through Kikar Shabbat and other ways, and they are volunteering to come and participate. And it's a moment of awakening within the Haredi community to be a part of the Israeli civic society. 
So this is one of the major operations, and the, there are other stuff that we, we do, like sending food and equipment to the soldiers, organizing a little bit of security slash patrol weapon patrol. Yeah, maybe that's better way to frame it, that is Haredi and geared towards the Haredi community, given that so many of the soldiers are just gone to the war. So we need to have like people who actually know how to do the job with all kinds of ideas for the day after. And the biggest thing would probably be being an organized civic force to go into all the places that are left with no workers because they went to the war. Agriculture, warehouses. Today, they were in the north preparing some shelters. Many of the shelters are usually uh, serve as like a storage because in Israel, people live in buildings and there is no storage. So actually, it's full of like clutter and someone has to go and, you know, empty just empty. Yeah, so we have like Troops, you know, Haredi men who are going to Miklatim, to the shelters, emptying it up, making it appropriate just for people to feel safer. And it's a physical job. You need a man. So this is really beautiful. And is there any pushback in terms of we should be learning more? That's how we contribute to the war. Or we're, we're flushing out all the people who are more useful not learning. Okay, so first of all, the majority of the volunteers right now are still women that are not in any case wouldn't be in the war under any circumstances. Um, we do have some men, and right now the, the men that are doing jobs are those men who are not in yeshivot. You know, they're either older or for some reasons, they, mainly older. So I don't think it's flashing out yet. It's hard to classify it, but I feel like it's people that somehow we have the capacity and they're so happy to be part and they want to contribute. And when you mentioned security for the Haredi neighborhoods, are you talking about basic training using yeah. weapons and yes. men are volunteering to do that? Yes, there are many. Actually, there is like a big, uh, you know, a lot of men are very excited about the opportunity. Some of them are just scared. They feel like look what happened in the South. You know, people were not able to protect their own families. What if something happens? We should have a gun to protect our own family. Someone was just excited for the opportunity to walk around with weapons, <laughs> which we probably will filter out because we're not going to distribute this weapon just because people are excited, you know, to own one. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, you have to be married, you have to have children, and you're going to have to go through some classification. Through training. Uh -huh. Training and classification. It has to be a responsible thing. Can you share what Tatya is? Are you able to? Yes. So uh, Tatya is really a uh, think tank of some unique people in some positions. And may I say that your father actually is our... Yes, you can. <laughs> the, your father, Rabbi Goldsmith, is uh, our president, our spiritual guidance, and our inspiring leader. And we are a group of people that for each one with his own uh, very special capabilities are just uh, having a better understanding of the Haredi community and are very concerned. You know, we see the demographics and the way the Haredi community is going to be a, a very large portion of the Israeli society. And in many ways, they are not, are not equipped to deal with modernity. So it's in, on many levels. It's not just missing some 
information of how a modern world works, not knowing English and math and how modern, you know, workforce, how to integrate. It's just like also some deep issues about being religious committed people and living within a liberal society and being responsible, taking care. Because if we are, I mean, the numbers are so that we will be 30% of the population. And when you are 30%, you have to be part in terms of paying taxes. Yeah. You know, you have to be part of the earning force that is paying taxes, which sustains the country. You have to be part of the IDF because we are not in Switzerland. We need a functioning army and you can't just not take, be part of it. And Haredi people need to have a better understanding of what it means to be citizens. And we are thinking of the ways that this can be brought and talked to and integrated within the Haredi community and ways that people, religiosity and people, devotion to Hashem and to mitzvot and to the community is still kept. Actually cracking this, this equation, still being very devoted, very religious, very committed to Haredi ideas and still being deeply involved within the Israeli state. So it's a process and we are figuring it out. out. And what I do is I run the data center and we are mapping the community every week. Try just trying to understand what people are thinking, what's their attitude, what's their wishes and dreams and positions on all kinds of things. And just having a better understanding of what being Haredi Israeli men and women means. And just as the first step, having this data and using this data in order to, to make much better uh, decision process and a logical process that is evidence-based. It's very interesting and it sounds very necessary. And this initiative is probably going to give you a lot more data to work with because the war is waking the Haredi community up, as you said, being active members of the larger Israeli society. And the unity now is incredible to see, especially given what we were seeing a few weeks ago. Yes. Well, to be continued, is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up? First of all, I think it's very heartwarming to have so many of my American friends calling me, checking in. I can say that most people that I was in touch with in Princeton, non-Jews, or sending me emails, WhatsApp, just know me, hi, we care, we hear you, we see you, we are very concerned, we're very bothered, and people are just aligning with us and with me as personally was very heartwarming and really supportive, and it's really nice, and I feel like the American Haredi community is also trying to send in money, trying to send in equipment and standing by our side. And I think that this is really heartwarming and very important. We are in the most, the hardest times at Israel. This is probably the worst we had. So never again is happening now. Yes. Yes. Having people standing by us is a big thing. Absolutely. So thank you. Very underrated. And I think we didn't know how it would make us feel. And yeah, it's very important. Do you feel American, Jewish American people feel threatened? 
in a deep Jewish way, yes. I think anyone Jewish on campus, on any campus that had a free Palestine rally, definitely feels threatened. And it's not just the States, it's all over the Western world, which is insane to see. But they're definitely the loudest. Doesn't mean that they are the most amount of people because there's still many people who are standing up with Israel, at least for now. (laughs) You know, things could change every day, as we've been seeing. I saw this post about an American silent Jew. Somebody was writing, I'm an American silent Jew. I don't keep anything. I, I don't raise my kid. I don't send them to Jewish school. And she's saying, now it's impossible for me to be a silent American Jew. I, I can't be that anymore. So everyone's waking up on every side of the spectrum. And there's a lot of anti-Semitism also. Yes. Let's hope that this will shape reality in a positive way. I'm thinking of this race of hatred and fear and all the negative things that we think of. And it's just a very terrifying moment. It is as if World War, like the Holocaust never happened. As if. And this is so recent. It's so recent. So recent. You have children of Holocaust survivors who are sending their children to battle. Okay. Thank you so much. And I will be reaching out one day to continue the conversation on some other topics you do. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank you for the interview and good luck with everything you do. You too. Thank you for listening until the end. I just want to add that, yes, as Chutznik Jews, we do feel a threat. It may not be as imminent as it is for Israelis right now, but the anti-Semitism definitely feels threatening, especially last Friday, the 13th, the call for jihad day. Hoping, praying, wishing for a safe return for all our soldiers, for all the hostages, and healing for everyone who is mourning and grieving. Take care of yourself. See you next time. Mm